guys from wherever they feel like it. It's two guys watch a movie. Who is your hosts? Two guys. Hey everybody, welcome to Two Guys Watch a Movie episode number 10. <laughs> this is our fourth attempt at a uh, at an intro for this episode because uh-huh, uh-huh. my mic sucked, which I think we figured it out. This is We're two guys. And we watch movies. I'm Jordan Ehrlich. I'm Tommy Quartz. Obviously, a podcast about movies and movie-related things. Tommy, how has your week been? Oh, just fine. Uh, how about yours? It has been just fine as well. Nothing uh, big happening other than uh, the inauguration. This week, oh, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, it's just good to have. Feels good to have a new president. Uh, yeah, yeah. I watched a press conference yesterday and didn't almost throw an object at the screen. Yeah, yeah. I've been living for these Bernie memes. Oh my God, they're everywhere. It, it, they are absolutely everywhere. There was a website where that that uses you can enter in an address and it'll pull like the Google street view <laughs> of that address and it'll put Bernie in front of it. <laughs> I did it in front of my home uh, in California, my parents' home in California, and it looks great. That's hilarious. Just Bernie That's just awesome. does, and I texted to my mom and was like, "You better check outside. Some random stranger just sent me this picture." And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you watch any good movies this week? Uh, no, no real good movies in particular, but I did watch uh, the entirety. No, actually, I haven't finished it. I've got like two episodes left of uh, Blown Away season two on Netflix. What is Blown Away? It's a glass blowing competition. Okay. Um, it's pretty awesome. I mean, uh, it's pretty fun and intense, and uh, you know, a la Great British Breaking Show, sort of. Okay, so it's, is it kind of like everyone's one... nice to each other a little bit? Yeah. There's like one guy who's a dick, but yeah. Everybody, there's always one. There's always yeah. one. <laughs> nice. I love shows uh, like that. Yeah, it's really good. Blown Away season one is really good too. I would strongly recommend. Uh, and I think that's about it. What have you watched this week? What did I watch this week? I realized, well, I've realized in the last, uh, like, week. I, I, I mentioned last week I watched um, Promising Young Woman. Uh, right. And that got me thinking, like, this is, because this, this is kind of the first Oscar mo- movie that I had watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have watched quite a bit of, like, not necessarily crap, but, like, I just haven't been on my great movie watching as I usually am around this time of the year. I think we can all agree that 2020 is not the best year for movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it kind of, it, it, there have been a few great movies, I think, but all the, there's some, there were some really good ones, I guess, that may have been pushed. I, I don't know. I mean, everything's getting pushed now. Like, yeah. award shows are getting pushed. Uh, usually around this time of the year, you have like Golden Globe nominations or like Screen mm. Actors Guild nominations, and we've gotten none of those yet. Like, oh, interesting! I didn't realize that. Um, but anyway, I realized in the last week, I got I kind of wanted to start catching up on some of these while I still can because there are some movies that have been out for a little while on like streaming services that uh-huh. have been right in front of me, easy to access. I just never, I never did it. Yeah. So. Uh, I ventured into that this week, and I watched a great movie called One Night in Miami. Yeah, I really want to see it. I looked it up. It looks pretty good. So, wait, you loved it? I loved it, yeah. This, um, yeah. so for those who don't know, it's about, it's, um, it, it's based on a play written, by the way, by Kemp Powers, based on his play, who... Also co-wrote another movie that we talked about recently on the podcast called Soul. 
Oh, awesome. Um, but this guy, Kent Powers, co-wrote, co-directed Soul, wrote this movie. He's having a good year. Um, yeah. But it's based on his play, and it's about how one night, um, let's see, it's Muhammad Ali, uh, Jim Brown, Malcolm X, and Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke. Got together in one night, and just, it's it's a movie, it, it's all about, it's a, it's a big series of conversations, basically. Uh, some solid acting, really well written, and I've seen a lot of really not so great adaptations of plays before, like f- to film. And mm-hmm. there's you get a lot of those movies that feel like they're like that the shit. It feels like a filmed version of a play, basically. Yeah. And there's something about this one that really moves. And nice. like it was written by, I mean, Kemp Powers. You know, he adapted his own play, but like. This is a guy who clearly understands the difference between the two mediums, like stage and film, and it feels really cool. cinematic. And also, this is directed by uh, Academy Award winner Regina King. Nice. Um, her first movie, uh, and, and yeah, I could not recommend this one more. It's on Amazon. Yeah, I want to watch it. It's definitely on my list. Check that out, yeah. I also watched, this week, some trash television. Trash television. Season eight of uh, Vanderpump Rules. What? Just <laughs> what is Van? Okay, I've seen so many. I've seen the name of this show so many times. What I, is Vanderpump so, Rules? Okay, so Lisa Vanderpump is one of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, okay. She might be somewhere else, but I think she's Real Housewife of Beverly Hills. Now she owns a restaurant, several restaurants, but uh, the focus of uh, Vanderpump Rules, at least for the first couple seasons. Uh, is this restaurant Sir she owns in uh, L.A., uh, which uh, sir? all Sir S U R sexy uh, unique restaurant. Wow. Oh, so, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. And so uh, the staff there are all a bunch of models and wannabe actors, uh, and they're all dramatic and uh, you know cokeheads and stuff. Fun. So uh, <laughs> so, but it's honestly. It's really, really good reality TV. I don't. I mean, I don't know if you like reality TV, but if it's it's easy to get into I've, and it's kind of mindless and and judgmental fun, but I, it it is actually like it, it's pretty good. And I have ended up caring about some of the people. And yeah, I felt that way a little bit when I started watching. Um, you know, Gabby loves keeping up with the Kardashians. It's their guilty pleasure yeah. show. Um, it's uh, so I started watching. I've, I've seen a good amount of keeping up with the Kardashians now, sure. and you do eventually start to kind of like feel for some of these people a, li- yeah. a little bit. A little bit. The Kardashians it's probably harder things, with keeping up. <laughs> the Kardashians, all things considered, have it pretty good right now. I'm not gonna, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, so I think Vanderpump Rules just got really lucky in the dramatic people they decided to follow because like none of them you know were famous or anything but like there's just a, a plot line in one of the seasons where like there's a rumor that one friend slept with the, another friend's girlfriend and it denied the whole time and then it comes out that it's true and it's just amazing <laughs> and I, I know that sounds silly but it uh, it's really uh, <laughs> I, I've never cared about such, this such trash so hard uh, it's fun to watch that though. It's uh, everybody's got their. I think that's fine. It sounds fun. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So this is our tenth episode of the podcast, and to help celebrate things, we thought it'd be fun to do a few top ten lists of uh, movies in different categories of different franchises. Uh, so to kick things off today, 
uh, Tommy and I have put together a list of our top ten Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Um, Tommy, do how what what is the um, what is the biggest surprise on your list? I would say my biggest surprise is my number eight. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Do you want me to tell you what it is? Go ahead. You might as might as well. Now I'm curious. Iron Man 3 made my top 10 list, and it's my number 8. Really? Okay, yes. well, f- uh, it's a great segue, actually, because... I think you'll maybe be surprised with my number 1 as well. Okay, um, we will get to number 1, uh, and that's yeah. actually... Um, Iron Man 3 is actually my my number 10 on my list here. Um, nice, nice. I'm glad it made your top 10. It, that, it made it much higher than I thought it would. Um, I really love Iron Man 3, though. Like, yeah, well, yeah, and I love that it takes place at Christmas. I love the Mandarin character with Ben Kingsley, not the, not the other guy, not uh, Guy Pierce or whatever. Uh, as, all, as all, yeah, 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 Aldrich uh, Killian. And it's like, look how you used to be ugly. It's like we still see you, Guy Pierce. <laughs> You're there. You're there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and so like. Um, but I, but like the Mandarin, uh, the Ben Kingsley character, and then he's like, "No, no, my name is Trevor." Um, yeah, I love like that, that twist. Is, yeah. Oh my god, it was brilliant. It's, I loved it so much. It's fun. It is better than the movie that came. So the movie that came in last place because I had to, I had to rank all of the Marvel movie movies in order. To, there's so many of them. I had to, so I had to go Can through I, all of them. Let me guess. Your last place is it? Is it Thor Two: The Dark World? Thor 2, The Dark World, is not. Uh, okay. Iron Man 2 made it to the bottom mm, for me. That's, a, yeah, I that's for sure. I do not like that movie that much. It's not bad, but it's not, it, it, it's not as good as it. Thor 2, yeah. uh, Thor The Dark World, made it to spot 21. Um, did either Ant-Man make it to your top 10? No. Didn't, right, didn't get were, close. Um, I would, I put my number 10, this is a little strange, probably kind of low, as uh, I put... Uh, Avengers: Infinity War is my number ten. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it, it made that made it higher than it did for me. Um, oh yeah, where'd you put it? I put it at twelve. Okay, cool. Ended up at twelve. Um, so why? So why your number? You said your number ten is Infinity War. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, what is your reason? I, or just? Well, I mean, I put both Infinity War. Uh, I put Endgame. I'll, I'll say it right now. I put it a lot higher. Um, yes, but Infinity War was awesome because so when I first started dating Aaron uh, a few years ago, she'd never seen any of the MCU movies, uh, and she gets real anxious when we watch uh, action movies or anything because if somebody's gonna die, and so I'll always reassure her it's a Marvel movie, nobody important ever dies, Uh. (laughs) like. And then came Infinity War, and we went together and saw it opening night. And then five minutes into the movie, they kill off arguably one of the, like, best villains they've ever had. Yeah, and then at the end of the movie, of course... Half the... uh, uh, Half of the population of the galaxy. so... uh, Biggest body count in a movie ever? Yeah, probably, right? Half the universe? So I just think it was awesome. I like I didn't expect him when they first you know announced the movie. I knew the sort of the plot is he's trying to get all the stones to snap, and when they like or I guess I didn't know about the snap, but when they introduced that in the beginning of the movie, I thought okay that's gonna happen or almost happen at the end of the second movie. Right. And then it happened at the end of the first. And I was like what the fuck? I thought it was great. Yeah, I honestly I was very surprised. I remember at the end of that movie how like 
I thought they were going to kill off either Tony Stark or Steve Rogers, and all of the original Avengers survived. And I was like, wait, mm-hmm. this is... What's up yeah. with this? Um, I just remember, too, how it was, like, quiet leaving the theater that night. People were just somber, like... Yeah. Like, usually there's, like, cheering and shit. And it was just like, oh, fuck. I don't... Yeah. Not that this movie... You know, it didn't make my top ten, but, like, it's not... It, it came... I mean, it came close. Twelve. But, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's... When you start... Something I noticed when I was making my list was... As you start getting higher, like, and you start getting to the better movies, like, it's really hard to figure out, mm-hmm. like, what's going to... Like, it ends up... Like, yeah, there's a top ten, but it ends up being really close. Yeah, like, alright, what was your number nine? My number nine, Captain America, the first Avenger. Ooh, okay. Which I, I love. I love this movie so much. That's an interesting one. I don't know if a lot of people would put it as high. I don't, I agree with that statement, yeah. I, I think I enjoy the old-fashioned, like, old-fashionedness of it. You've it's got classic. Joe Johnston directing, who did another kind of nostalgic War, World War Two era movie, The Rocketeer. Um, oh, love the Rocketeer! And he, I love the Rocketeer. <laughs> I didn't know that. That yeah, oh, that makes me kind of like Captain America one more. It, oh my god! And I think that's why I like that so much. Is that's that kind of old fashioned. Yeah, it's still got very epic explosion, explosive action in this, but like it's it feels very old fashioned, and I think I like that. Oh man, uh, I do love the Rocketeer. Holy shit! I gotta rewatch that. <laughs> Same. And it turns out at the end he's a Nazi, and they're fighting on top of the blood. Uh, oh my god. Oh good. Um, what was your What was your number nine? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, I thought it was excellent. Uh, do you know the YouTuber Lindsay Ellis? I sounds a little familiar, but go she's on. dope. She's maybe the best person on YouTube. Uh, but she does just like film analysis. She does like a feminist uh, film theory of the Transformers movies. Oh, cool. It's just yeah, it's awesome. But. Uh, she does a whole bit on Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and, and like, fatherhood, and, and it's just, oh choice. But, I mean, the whole, yeah, the movie is really well constructed, and the themes are there, and the emotion is so good and heavy. Uh, I don't love the final fight with, like, the big rock, Kurt Russell, but uh, but uh, the Yondu funeral is so it's, fucking good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's so good. You got the Cat Stevens playing at the end. Yeah, it's, it might be the best. The Ravagers show up. Yeah, it might be the best single moment in the MCU. I mean, it's really good. Yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't watched that one in a long time, and I think that might factor into why that didn't make it into my top ten. Um, mm. But again, like it's as you start getting higher in the ranks, it starts getting much, much closer. Mm-hmm. Or um, what was your number eight? My number eight, The Avengers. Uh, number one. Nice. Um, I mean, it's it's a great it's it's an epic action movie. It's the team up that we were all waiting for, and I think the tone of the Avengers movies has obviously shifted over the years from this kind of like heroic Joss Whedonness to like yeah, yeah. you know the darkness that it is. The ones done by the Russo brothers, but I think at the time it came out, that was the kind of movie we were looking for. Yeah, and uh, I remember it just like kind of blowing everyone's mind. I, it didn't make my top ten, but it did as I was reworking through it. It was in and out of the top ten. I'd probably put it number 11. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's not... Is it the best Avengers movie? Uh, nah, not really. But it, it it's one that I really enjoyed. I remember going to go see this at midnight. This was a great crowd movie. Um, I remember when, when Hulk smashes Loki, I remember people just losing Everybody their minds. went nuts. Um, <laughs> what about, um, and your, your number eight was uh, Iron Man 3. Uh, yes, it was. 
as was, which we've already discussed. We so discussed. what was your what was your number seven? My number seven, the original Iron Man. Same here. Whoa! Hey. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, it's classic. You know. I thought it. Was, I thought it was going to be higher on my list, but then they start going through these, and it's like I do enjoy this one a little more. Yeah, um, I think I do have more nostalgia lenses for this. I think if you were to objectively look at all of these, it might not actually rank as high as seven. I think part of me, it's the intro to it, you know? Yeah. If it came out in the middle of it all, I don't think it would have been as impactful. No, this was a great... This is the movie that started it all. It's a great introduction to everything. It's not even the most action-packed of the... Yeah, and then it's not doesn't mind for me. No, it but it does the job. It introduced us to Tony Stark. It did everything that it was supposed to, and it's still a fun watch. It's still a great watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, plus, you get to see Ter- Terrence Howard as uh, as uh, Rhodey yeah. the one time. Ah, uh, that one time. Yeah, that one time. And it's got goop, and classic goop. goop, and goop. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, what was your number six? What was my number six? It was Captain America: Civil War. Ooh, so yeah, that's a that's a little higher on my list. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll, but I'll tell you now because you said it. Uh, it's my number three. It's your number three. Okay. It was almost my number two and almost my number one. Really. It, the the story and the emotionality of this is so good compared to every other MCU movie because the conflict is between is about between Iron Man and Captain America and it's a small personal conflict and it's not about the end of the world they think it is for a little bit but it's not about the end of the world it's about pissing these two guys off it's such a yeah oh and it's just about that emotion and like when when tony says you know i don't care he killed my mom or whatever yeah yeah it's It's a small it's a much more personal story than the movie initially lets on to be. Oh, and it's like, and, it, and it's so well constructed, like in terms of building up the story and making you think what Zemo wants versus what he actually wants. Yeah. And then I love the line when Zemo's trying to kill himself at the end too, and and Black, Black Panther, Panther stops him. Yeah. The living are not done with you yet. Yes. Oh my <laughs> God, I love that. Have we talked about Chadwick Boseman on this podcast yet? And I I, I don't know if we've talked about him since he passed away. Um, no, but what a saint, man. God. That. It's a great segue to my number six is Black Panther. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. Black Panther yeah. is on my list too. I'm not going to tell you where yet though. Um, <laughs> Probably pretty high. I, it is. Um, it's the only high. reason I discount it is because of the crappy CGI fights at the end. That doesn't. That didn't bother me terribly much. I don't think. I, I mean, no. It's it's it's. One of my only complaints, almost, no, I have very few complaints for the next five, but, like... Uh, yeah, no, yeah, it's... And so, like, yeah, Black Panther is just really well told, and obviously the, uh, what's his name, the warmonger? Uh, Kill, right? Killmonger. Killmonger yeah, is... Michael B. Jordan just crushing Such a good villain, and, like, with legitimate, reasonable motivations, and it's like... And I love it. Oh. Yeah, and it's one of those motivations that it's like you hear what he's trying to do, and it's you don't yeah. necessarily disagree with his reasoning and his logic. It's yeah, like, exactly, yeah. I remember thinking, like, watching that, I was like, well, you're, you're not wrong. Like, Yeah, and when he gets, and he gets, you know, T'Challa to change his mind about... Uh, so, like, yeah. in a way, he, he kind of wins, you know? It's interesting. In a good, like the, well, in a good way, that, well, it's that same idea yeah. of, like, reaching out to poorer communities and, and helping them, yeah. and it's, I mean, 
obviously Killmonger's method of doing that is far more twisted and yeah, right. you know, evil doery, but like it, it does make But like impact. what he what his want was was like appropriate. Was good. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a pretty compelling villain. And I think that's what you know, for a lot of these movies is it's about the villain a lot a lot of the time. That still kills me at the end when he they're on the cliff like watching the sunset and he's talking about like we can heal you it's fine and it's like no I know I thought they were gonna do it and he <clears throat> um, that line at the end where he's like bury me in the ocean with my where my ancestors yeah. are oh, because they knew that death was better than bondage but, yeah um, that was that still kills me every time Ooh, it, I agree and uh, I will say like I mean they haven't said with the you know obviously with the death of chadwick boseman like marvel's been great about like now is not the time to think about what we're gonna do for the future yeah, Black yeah. Panther, like now it's the time to mourn um yeah. so i mean i would say at this point like in terms of we know they're moving forward with the movie but like anything's possible at this point i wouldn't be surprised if they got killmonger back in there <clears throat> um, Somehow, yeah, that that'd be pretty. Ooh, honestly, he might be the only one that could do it. <laughs> I would be okay with watching him as Black Panther. I'd be okay with Shuri uh, as Black Panther as well. Um, yeah, as long as she cuts that shit out. Tone down the anti-vax <laughs> bullshit, but um, like, I'd be okay with that. But yeah, I love Black Panther. I think it's an. I mean, I'll speak more on it. I can. I mean, reasons I love it so much and why it is on my list is because. It's such an inc- it is such an incredible story, and it's got something to say. It's got a real message in there, and they're yeah. using the comic book uh, movie genre. To, yeah, to totally. Say it. It's kind of rare. Um, yeah, it really is. Um, All right, number, number five. Number five. My number five, Thor Ragnarok. Say. Hey. All right. I didn't. I remember the first time watching this movie. I still enjoyed it, but like, it was such a weird transition between. Thor, as we had previously known him, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's like we've got Thor in a... Almost like he's in a Judd Apatow movie. And just yeah. improvising and saying all these <laughs> funny lines, and it's like, where where the hell did this come from? I enjoyed it, but it was a weird... It was it was an adjustment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first time I saw I, I, the first Iron Man, I didn't really love it. Oh, really? Um, okay. Actually, yeah, because I... Well, it's just, I... You know, it was like... Is the, have the Batman movies come out at that point? Yeah, the, the Batman dark, began this is the, the Dark Knight. Yeah, and so I was expecting, like more of that and I got all oh, this silly computer voices arguing with them and being sarcastic jeez yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, love it. I, I look back and it's like oh I guess I did want that I just didn't know I don't know um, no but, yeah yeah agreed but I think I really liked Thor Ragnarok every time I saw it actually it, but it is weird. It is certainly a left turn. It takes a bit for... I think that was the initial obstacle for me, like, truly enjoying this movie. Because it gets better every time I watch it. Like, it's yeah. so good. It is so funny. And still... He's still a great character. It's still an incredibly well-written movie. And you still got Thor's, like, story arc is still, like... Throughout the MCU is fantastic. And yeah. it doesn't... What blows me away about this movie is that... It is incredibly funny and weird and wonderful, and it doesn't lose that aspect well, of it. It doesn't lose its heart. Like Yeah, well, the, the Thor in the first two movies was a different character from Thor in Avengers and Age of Ultron, and they said, hey, that yeah. fun Thor from those couple scenes in Age of Ultron, what if we made a movie about that Thor? Yeah! Yeah! And let, a, <laughs> and let Taika Waititi direct it. And, they, God. and that's Thor Ragnarok. That's, that's Ragnarok, man. I love that movie. Uh, All right, you're number four. Hmm? Number four number for four, you. Oh, yeah, your five was also Ragnarok. Uh, number four mm-hmm. for me 
Captain America Winter Soldier. Okay. Um okay. this is higher this is higher up uh than Civil War. I think I love the um I guess it feels not that Civil War felt like it was complicated and it had all these characters running around. I think Winter Soldier in a way kind of felt a little smaller. It feels a little more I guess like a typical action movie, I guess. I guess. Um, and I don't know if it's just the simple nature of it, why I enjoy it so much. I mean, it's a great movie by itself, but like, it's... Yeah. The first time I saw... This is another one. The first time I saw Winter Soldier, I did not like it. Oh, yeah? Like, straight up didn't like oh, it. Oh, okay. Um, but I, in the times re-watching it, I've liked it a lot more. I don't think Scarlett Johansson... Uh, what? Sorry, the... Uh, yeah, Scarlett Johansson's character. What's Black, Black Widow. <laughs> Black Widow. Okay, I don't know why I can't remember. We've been that. away from this uh, for far too long. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> think Black Widow's character was very well written. I thought a lot of her dialogue was like silly. I think the the, the kiss in the mall is the worst moment to the I, MCU. I, I mean, I see why she did very, it. It's very a... cliche and it's very uh, dumb. If there were, I mean, if there were any romantic connection there, I don't think there was ever anything romantic going on with well, her. Well, that, that's another thing. Yeah. Is like they've tried to put her with like every character in the Avengers. I, I'm a, I agree with you. First of all, I agree with you on the fact that her character throughout this series. I think Scarlett Johansson's done a phenomenal job with what Absolutely. they've given her, and I am looking forward to the Black Widow movie whenever that does yeah, come sure. out. I think is oh. she's like throughout this entire series. I think it's such a horribly written character. Yeah, they've had her all over the place, and it was just like you could tell it was just like dudes who didn't care about her. They're just like, yeah, she needs to be plot. Yeah, it's like they're just looking at the script, and it's like, has has, has Ruffalo gotten with her yet? Nah, yeah, put her right? with Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah, sure, Ruffalo. Yeah. Um, My number four, yes, was Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh, okay. Yeah, very nice. It's great. Yeah, it's great. I was watching first it this time morning, I saw it. Actually. Another time, didn't love it. The first time I saw it, liked it. Didn't love it. It takes a little while to get to know the characters, and they kind of throw them all at you real fast. A little bit. And so I, I felt a little. Uh, I guess the first time I watched it, I felt a little like I didn't know who the characters were by the time we were like, you know, into the thing. Yeah. In in rewatches, like knowing the characters, it's just great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... <laughs> it is a lot that they throw at you, and this is a uh, uh, let's just segue into my number three, which is also the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Nice, um, nice. It's just easy segue right there. Um, but yeah, they do throw a lot at you, and it's so weird. And I think the thing that's the thing that I appreciate about this movie is it, it is this it is this new team of like really weird characters. Like if you told me ten years ago, a movie featuring a cybernetic raccoon and a talking tree. Who can only say <laughs> one phrase? Two, really. Um, yeah. He um, <laughs> played by like I would have thought Diesel. you were on acid. Um, yeah. I but it, I it's something. It's a big. It was probably Marvel's first big risk as a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. And it made a lot of money, and it's really one of the more beloved mar- movies of the MCU right now. Like they did it. For sure, um, yeah. And I also, I think I also have a lot of fondness for this movie because this was uh, my, uh, this was mine and Gabby's uh, first date was, oh, I took okay. her to go see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And nice. we still got our, uh, we still got our ticket stubbed from that uh, uh-huh. just in a frame uh, display. Cute. But, That's cute. Uh, that, I also have that sentimental value for it, but I mean, it, it really is an, a great great weird bonkers funny action pack oh yeah it's great ride. I, I love it uh what is your number three 
I already told you it was Captain America Civil War. That's right, you did. Uh, uh, we have talked about that. What's your number three? My number three was Gar- oh, you, Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. And so I'm going to guess your number two is Black uh, Panther. We only have no, a couple of movies two. left in this list that I, I'm realizing now there's only a couple of movies that we could like talk about okay. here. Huh? Uh, well, no, my number two movie is Avengers Endgame. Same here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it. I don't... It was. This is really hard, and yeah, I just have to give it to Endgame because of what crazy shit they pulled off. They did a twenty-three movie thing leading up to it, or twenty-two, twenty-one movies leading up to it. Twenty-one, yes. Twenty-one movies leading up to this one movie that, like, really. I, I mean, I'm sure you can miss one or two here and there, but like. Really only makes full sense if you've seen all 21 movies. And, yeah. And, like, everybody had. <laughs> and the reason I put the... I mean, I think the thing that kept this movie from getting to the number one spot is that is really what this movie is. It is, like, a culmination of this series. Yeah. And I think the thing that I admire about my number one movie on this list, Black Panther, is... Uh-huh. That it's able to take the comic book formula, it's able to take all of this information that you've gotten from Marvel movies and present it to an audience in a way that even those who have never seen a Marvel movie can still watch and appreciate. Like, they give you the most necessary of information and it's all you need. The story stands on its completely on its own. Yeah, Um, that is a good one with... That is true. I, Some of these do not as well. And yeah, and that, I think that was the thing with Endgame for me. As much of a masterpiece as it is, I think it's a masterpiece really in the in the sense that it is this culmination of 21 movies. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so see if you can guess what my number oh, one man. is. Oh, man, okay. It was not um, on your top ten. Your number one. It's it not, wasn't on it's your list. Wait, it's not Ant-Man, is it? No, not Ant-Man. Ant-Man and the Wasp? No. I thought you'd I thought you'd mentioned that Ant Man was on your top ten list. I don't know why. No, I was asking if Ant, if any of the Ant Mans made yours. They no, didn't even. I crack think they're the my top some fif- of my lowest. Didn't even crack yeah. the top fifteen. Um, I would agree. They're they're fun. They're fine. Um, I is it Spider Man Homecoming? It sure is. Hey, <laughs> what that made it? Wow, that was one I was a little surprised. It made it to number thirteen on my list. That was one that mm-hmm. I was surprised that didn't crack my top ten. But yeah, I'm just such a Spider-Man fan, and this one, I don't know, it just hit me at the right moment, and it just, I don't know, um, the, I mean, it's a really good story otherwise, um, but I just, I love the Spider-Man uh, down on his luck kind of feeling of it all. Yeah. You know, when he's texting happy, and he's like, you know, leaving messages saying like, yeah, I helped an old lady, and you know, this and that, and uh that spoon song and <laughs> yes oh yeah the uh, is that the underdog the one they use yeah it's so good and uh and then the whole plot with uh michael keaton and then that car ride scene to the prom yeah uh, where he knows that he's spider-man and shit or like yeah how oh, it's just amazing i will say that like vulture is definitely if i i think we did do top five mcu villains when we did our top five did episode we? and he was very high, Vulture was very high up on that list for me. And for sure. I honestly think that that car ride scene is maybe still, maybe excluding parts yes. of Endgame, but like one of my favorite moments in yeah, the MCU movie. I think that was a top five category we did too, best MC, MCU moments. 
Uh, yeah, I think maybe. I feel like this was a, it was definitely in that list for me, though. Those are our top 10 MCU films. <laughs> Shall we dive into WandaVision? So, first of all, they've, in the last week, um, they've given these episodes titles now. The first two episodes have oh, episode names okay. now. So episode one, the Lucy parody, is called Filmed Before a Live Studio Audience. Uh, The one after that, in the 60s, is called Don't Touch That Dial. And the name of this episode, which is an apt start to our discussion, is called Now in Color. Oh, okay. Now it's in color. They are in color now. They went into color at the end of the last episode. This was an interesting one. So it's Brady, but they, they parody the Brady Bunch. And it's, like, obvious. I mean, the the house is the same. Yeah, literally. It's the same house. The, that staircase. It's the staircase. Yeah. Down to the exactly. point. There's a couple other Brady Bunch. Uh, well, and they also, they have the same shots. I remember shots of Alice in the kitchen, and they're just yes. straight on with that wall there, and that's straight on, like, yes. the same shot. I, I watched this again today, and I've watched it a couple of times now, and I also noticed, like, with the set, like, in the out, when you look outside, it's like a fake, it's like a painted set oh, yeah? in the background. Oh, yeah, it's like great. a painted set. Yeah. I love that detail. Um, it looks exactly like the Brady Bunch. And yeah, I think really for does. me, like, the first time... I, I enjoyed this little one a little more the second time I watched it. And I think the reason for that is that, like, the first time I watched it, I, I knew it was a Brady Bunch parody. And it was in that style for, like, better and for worse because this reminded me, like, how much I hate the Brady Bunch. And I think that's why. <laughs> like, I used to yeah. love it when I was a kid. I was, like, 10 years old. Nick at night, like, I used to love it. Yeah, of course. And I watched it, like, six, seven, eight years later. I was like, why did I like this again? Like... I know. <laughs> like, it's not good. It's obnoxiously, like, slow. It, and yeah. Like, and it's cheesy geez. in the wrong oh, way. It's... And I think, like... As much as, like, you know, I know there's a deeper story happening in those first couple of episodes, but I think the thing I also appreciated about those was that they were, they also functioned really well as the sitcom. Surface level, yeah. Like, I legitimately enjoyed the, um, the I Love Lucy-ness of yeah, it all, like, and it worked well on that level, too, and I think with this one, for me, it was, in terms of furthering the main story, the story happening with these characters, it was, yeah, like, A+, plus, but... Yeah, for sure. I think that's on me. That's on me though, because like I, I'm well, not a Brady Bunch. Well, they're gonna have to start balancing. This one obviously has more like, you know, macro plot, and yes, the previous ones had sort of like micro plot, I guess. And so like they'll have to decide because it's gonna have to be a balance, you know, because we want to find more out. I think. Yeah, and I think we're so. getting a little more bit by bit. We're kind of getting more of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, especially in the last like. 30 seconds of this episode. couple of things first. The Brady Bunch uh, moments in this. Um, they literally used a prop from the Brady Bunch, uh, the old TV show back in the day. Really? When he's changing... There's that scene where Vision's practicing changing a diaper very quickly. Yeah. That is... The same baby. Cindy Brady's Kitty Carryall doll <laughs> from the show. Uh, the That's exact amazing. one. Uh, wow. So that was, I loved that. And then another one, which I can segue into a deeper conversation, is the use of the song at the very end, Daydream Believer by the Monkees, which was, uh-huh. um, they're the one singing lead on that song is Davy Jones, who, if uh-huh. anybody watched the Brady Bunch, Marsha Brady was a Davy Jones nut. Um, oh, I actually didn't remember that. That the, So that song, Daydream Believer, though, kind of like 
I looked deeper into the meaning, like how the meaning behind how mm-hmm. the song was written, and it's about this couple who you have kind of the home, like a daydream believer and a homecoming queen. You got the homecoming tw- queen. It's about life in suburbia oh. between like this couple. You got the homecoming queen who's kind of satisfied with the suburban life, and then you have the daydream believer who kind of dreams of, I mean, dreams of more. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of getting tired of it, and you kind of see that happening a little bit in this episode with Wanda wanting to maintain this illusion yeah. of what is going on around her, and you can see Vision yeah. starting to kind of get wise. Yeah, totally. Um, so we cut this part of the conversation. We talked about this a little bit last week, but we ended up cutting this out of the episode. Okay. Um, they met a she met a neighbor in the last episode named Geraldine. Uh, who, yeah, and you were telling me who she might be? I believe Marvel has already confirmed who she is. So in Captain Marvel... Uh, she's a little girl. Yes, that is... Uh, you have her fighter pilot friend, uh, Maria Rambo, who has a daughter who's a teenager in that movie, which takes place in the 90s. Uh, the daughter's name is Monica. This is supposedly oh, Monica teenager. Rambo. Um, oh. But you see her... Um, so Wanda... So the plot of the episode, I mean, it's very brief. She... Has a pregnancy within the span of 24 hours. That started at the end of the last episode, and then she gives birth to the babies. But then she starts to kind of break break character a little bit. and She's like, I have a twin. She And that Sokovian accent starts coming out. Oh, did it? I didn't notice a that. A little bit. A very little bit. Like, especially, I mean, she huh. started singing to them in Sokovian. And then... Oh, right, okay. And then Geraldine mentions that her brother Pietro... Pietro? Pietro? Yeah, Pietro. Pietro? Um, Pietro? I don't know. I don't know the pronunciation because he was in one movie because, as Geraldine mentions, he was killed by Ultron. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that's kind of the moment that's like things start, it's like the reality of her situation kind of come in into play here and then she gets literally like, I I think what happened was Wanda literally like threw her out of the world. Ah. So you see her land. Okay, so one. Okay, so we think Wanda has built up this psychic safe space for herself, and now Shield is trying to go in and rescue her or stop her. Say, I don't know. Like, there's a couple of things. That's one theory that is happening right now. Another is that I keep going back to that radio, and you got like Randall Park on the radio. Um, what is he saying? Episodes, like, who's doing this to you, Wanda? Okay, and so maybe not. So I wonder if, like, there, there's the possibility that Wanda is creating this herself? Or... Well, yeah, she seems to be willful. Yes. Um, of it. Yeah. And she keeps, like, especially, like, the moments I co- go back to with that are when, in the last episode when she literally rewinds the scene. And then yeah. the moment where I thought my TV was broken in this episode. I did, too. I did, too. I thought my like, streaming issues. Like, did I, I was like, did I sit on the remote and accidentally skip 10 seconds? Which I have done before. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah totally. Well, yeah, like... But yeah. I was like, wait, okay. No, that was the episode. Um, so she definitely does have a part here in, crea- in yeah. like molding this universe. Um, and everybody seems... The neighbors seem to be a little freaked out about this. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Only a little bit of Agnes in this episode. Yeah. You see, but yeah, Herb is clearly aware of what is going on here. Right, yeah. Extent. The doctor seems freaked out. The very sexist doctor. Right. Um, <laughs> seems a little freaked out. But in the end, Wanda throws Geraldine out of this, like, she's got, like, that red magic shit yeah, that, yeah. around her when she comes out. Oh, okay. Um... And then there's obviously, there's this, like, military base 
But yeah, so there's, there's one theory, but there's another one that like whoever's creating this, whether it be Wanda or somebody else, it's it maybe like they're trying to con- maybe this military. It's Sword. Where I think we can assume at this point it's Sword that's do that's in charge here. It's like they're trying to contain it, maybe. Yeah. Stop okay, it from spreading maybe. like this reality that. And I think to the commercial as well in this episode, Hydra set for Hydra Soak. Okay, yeah, that, I was wondering what that was all about. I, so maybe, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think too much. I was like, oh, great, another Hydra reference. But it's, another theory is like, it's that maybe somebody's offered, offered her, like, a Faustian bargain. That's what I Oh, thought, interesting. Like, second time I watched it, it was like, oh. It's like, what if, maybe not Hydra, but what if it was Hydra? What if it was Hydra? I don't know. All right, well. But yeah, looking forward to the next episode, though. Sames, sames. Shall we do top ten Star Wars movies top real quick? Ten Star Wars movies, all right. Uh, now there are eleven Star Wars there movies, are. right? What was the one that was left off of your top ten? Attack of the Clones. Me too. What a what yeah. a dink there. Um, yeah, I think we're gonna have a pretty similar lists, probably. Uh, what was your number ten? Um, my number ten was The Rise of Skywalker. Same. Um, Same. It um, we it was between but my last two was between this one and Phantom Menace. Yeah, my number nine was Phantom Menace. My number nine was also, yeah. Um, the thing about The Phantom Menace is that it, while it's it, it's a, not a good movie, The Phantom Menace didn't ruin a trilogy. I, I mean, so yeah, I think the issue with the George Lucas prequels is like, just, I mean, yeah, I think part of it is like movie making problems. And then part of the problem for Rise of Skywalker in the sequel trilogy is is writing problems, story problems. Yeah. Oh, nar- it's like with the, the narrative. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think I prefer movie making problems, which is crazy because I used to hate the prequels and that there the issues with the prequels, like the stories are weird, but they're coherent. Yes. Sort of. I mean, the issues with Phantom Menace's editing is all over the fucking place, and we have four co- like four non connecting stories going on at once. Yeah. And, like, uh, then, you know, issues of, like, writing, but not, like, narrative writing, just, like, bad dialogue writing. Oh, the dialogue is horrible, especially Phantom Menace. It's unbearable yeah. listening to that, that fucking kid, <laughs> like, utter those yeah. lines in Phantom Menace. Um, Rise of Skywalker has its moments. It, it, it's, it ruined its horrible filmmaking, and it... it it Game of Thrones. It ruined the previous movie. Yes. And so, I have Force Awakens, I'll say right now, pretty high. Same, I will say. But if if Rise of Skywalker had never come out, I think... Well, actually, no, I don't think it could be higher. But, um, but like, it's made me like Force Awakens less, which sucks. Because I really did like Force Awakens. Yeah. And Rise of Skywalker has made me like it less. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think... I, I don't think highly of the trilogy. Like, I don't come anywhere close to thinking so highly of the trilogy anymore. Like, yeah. I think between Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, there was this... Uh, you know, everybody's got issues with The Last Jedi story, but at least sure. it acknowledged the movie that came before it. Whereas yeah. Rise of Skywalker retconned so much yeah. in the uh, in that universe. Um they sidelined characters. I know there was a whole issue with, you know, they had plans for Carrie Fisher, and she unfortunately passed away. But you yeah. know what? Like, don't, maybe don't bring the, em- you don't have to bring the Emperor back. You don't have to sideline uh, characters. You, yeah. Um, like, you could still write a great story without Leia 
As much well, as I, I hate God the same. Just Rise of Skywalker has so many issues. Yeah. But the retconning is insane. The fact that they didn't have a, a plan overall is yes. insane. And that's why... And it didn't ru- it ruin the trilogy. And that's why... That movie for me on my list is number 10. Phantom Menace is number 9. Um, What's your number 8? My number 8 is Revenge of the Sith. Okay, so I am I literally just thought about switching these two. Ooh, okay. But I have Last Jedi as number 8 and Revenge of the Sith as number 6. Oh! But I thought about switching. I think I would actually, thinking about it, put Revenge of the Sith as number 8. Okay. Also. It's, and I would put Last Jedi as 6. I mean, it's got some great fight scenes. The... the I always fucked up yeah, the pronunciation of this one. Mustafar? Mustafar? Mustafar, yeah. Um, yeah, I love it's the cool. Fight. It's too long. Um, it's too fucking long. I'm sorry. It's, it's a long movie. too long of a fight. No, the fight scene. Oh, the it's fight itself. Uh, Mustafar is like 25 minutes, and it's never... There are moments that are cool, but it is far too long, and the stakes are not... I, I think <laughs> the time for me of watching that movie, I think it was just watching the the thrill of watching yeah. the culmination of, like, Anakin and Obi-Wan, like, this is the No, I get it. And then, like, Vader. it's built up, and it's it's a long... It's awesome. I mean, I don't hate it, but, yeah. Revenge is no, the Sith No, it's not... Is, yeah. Yeah. That's why it's so it's low, so low on my list. What'd you have as number seven? <laughs> what do I have at number seven? Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Um, I have that way too high, and it's because I just had to pick... I have Solo as number five. Really? I, okay. Yeah. I, if they hadn't forced any connections, if they've gotten rid of Darth Maul and they hadn't made any other connections to the Star Wars movies and get rid of naming him Solo because he's alone. Um, that was another. Just like, why does he have to like say to Chewie, like, you need a nickname. Like, just fucking call <laughs> him by a nickname. Like, you don't, have you ever said to somebody like, I'm going to give you a nickname. I think the movie gets a bad rap just because it's like... I think there's no shame in having it high, as high as it is. And it gets a bad rap because of its not great box office take. Uh, and it essentially shut down the whole, we're going to do a bunch of spin I would have loved to have seen the silly first director of Solo. Oh, God, yeah. Um, Phil Lord Chris Miller? Yeah, I would have loved to have seen their version yeah. of this movie. That would have been, yeah, and I think, and that does, it doesn't pop because I think it feels, I mean, it just feels like a, like your Star Wars movie, like an average, like, they didn't try anything new with it, it just feels like more of the same. Um, I would have loved to have seen that first cut. My number seven is Rogue One. Okay. Very Um, nice, yeah. A lot of people like it more than that. I know, yeah. I thought the characters were not particularly great they're not deep they're not well written you, you i'm they're, excited they're to see this the this what's his name the the pilot guy the oh uh cassian cassian, cassian andor series yeah very excited for that because i want to see That'll more of his fun. character but this movie left me wanting more uh without because it didn't get enough no it's a bunch of nameless faces i didn't i remembered two names in that movie three names Jin urso cassian andor and darth vader yeah, that's I. That's yeah. why I left it. I think that the um, and uh, this is a good segue because my number six is actually Rogue One, and I, I I think the Darth Vader stuff. This is one great thing I'll say about this movie, is that the Darth Vader stuff is some of the best I've ever seen in the entire series. That like that where he's just that massacre in the hallway on that ship. That's everything you want it's in good. A Darth it Vader. Doesn't, it doesn't really perfectly lead into a New Hope. No, but it's. It's that thrill of like seeing him, because you hear about how he's so vicious, but you—that's really, yeah, yeah, really that's never true. seen anything 
too much at that point. But like, that's true. It's kind of like it shows how dangerous he really is. Yeah, like, that's that's true. I mean, it's badass. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, I think that was a thrill for me. I was watching that. Yeah. The last third of this, the last third of Rogue One, I thought it was worth the price of admission alone. Yeah, uh, I don't know why they all had to die. I felt like that was a choice that they didn't have to make. Does the Death Star? Does it have the power? I know we saw Alderaan get obliterated. Mm-hmm. Does it not like if they want? Could they set it to a lower setting? So they do the in Rogue One. Remember? That's what I thought. Okay, and they just um, blow up the city of Jeddah. That's what I thought. Okay, okay. That's that's what I thought because I didn't. I think I remembered the planet that the plans are on or kept on. Like I don't. I didn't. I don't remember seeing it completely destroyed. That's why I ask. It's called. I don't remember the name of that. Damn, it I like a, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. What is? Uh, what's your number? What you said? What your number six? Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Okay. Yeah. It's higher up there for me. Uh, five for me is Solo, which we've already discussed. What's your number yeah, five? My number five, Return of the Jedi. Ooh, interesting. I know. No, what I thought that was. It was surprising to me too. I don't. Not that I hate the movie at all, but I I was watching it recently and it's just not the the plot lines at the right. end. The Emperor needs to shut the fuck up at the end because it's, it's so much talking. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just tired of Palpatine. Well, I know, yeah, and also uh, it's it's a little convoluted toward the end. Um, I guess it needs to be, you know, it's fun. Uh, I, I have it as my number three. Okay. Not okay. a huge surprise. I'm a I'm an originalist. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought this one would be higher up there, I guess, when I initially started this list. But yeah. Also, I don't like Ewoks that much. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not. It's good. It returns Jedi is very good, but it's certainly the weakest of the original trilogy. I don't Absolutely. Think has any yeah. About that. All right, um, number four for you. Four. My number four was The Force Awakens. Same. Um, same. And I chalk this one being so high up there because it was a total nostalgia, nostalgic trip, uh, watching all these things and watching all these new uh, characters that I really liked. It had so much potential. It did. And people fault this movie because it's way too similar to the original Star Wars, but I think that's what we really needed at the time to kind of bring us back into this universe. Yeah. And no, I don't, I don't mind it being similar, like beat wise, uh, and at all. And I mean, you know, I have no issue with that. Like, I actually like it. I mean, there's genre movies that I think can benefit from from sort of prescriptive stories. Like, not fully, you know, I don't want to fill in the blank shit, but like, I, I think, you know, something like Star Wars. But God, Ray's story at the beginning was fucking interesting. And Finn's story is not something we've seen before. And that's not, yeah. you know, and it's not just a copy cutter, you know, cookie cutter. It's it's interesting. And we didn't go anywhere with it. And yeah. Poe Dameron, I feel like, had a little bit of a character and they pushed it more with Last Jedi. And then they and said... Even a little more. They went into a little more of his background in Rise of Skywalker. But... A little bit, but they forgot about his character, which is yes. he's cocky, but he's cocky for a reason, but sometimes it gets him in trouble. And like, Sure. Yeah. I like that these characters have faults, too. Which will, Wait, what was yeah. your number four? Before we dive into that. My number four is Force Awakens, yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a good segue to number three, actually. is talking Poe Dameron. I, and just generally, like, I love that these characters, like, have faults and that, you yeah. know, sometimes their actions have consequences, which is why my number three movie here is The Last Us Jedi. Jedi. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I... Here's the thing. The stuff with the casino and the... What is it called? Canto Bite? Is that the name of the planet? 
I don't hate that at all. I don't hate that one bit. I, I hate their logic for going there, but actually, as a Star Wars thing, it's dope. There's it's sh- fun to watch. I also love Joseph Gordon-Levitt's cameo in that. Who is he? He, so, Ryan Johnson, you know, wrote, directed yeah, Last yeah. Jedi. He has Joseph Gordon-Levitt in all his movies, and he okay. threw him into this one. When they land on the planet, there is an alien creature talking to, I guess it's the police, like, oh, they just went there and parked oh, on yeah, the yeah. beach. Yeah, I told yeah. them not to, but they did. And then he pops up again later in the scene, like, there they there are. There they are, yeah. That's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> oh, God. I love that moment. I love that moment, because it's this accent that you never hear in Star Wars movies. Yeah, that's and great. And it's just like... It feels like watching a Western uh, for a second. Um, Rise of Skywalker gave me a new appreciation for Last Jedi. I know I have it as number six, but uh, I didn't, you know, I see now the risks Ryan Johnson was trying to take. Some of it is wrong and I think should have been axed. I I love the Haldo maneuver. Oh my God. Hold on. (laughs) As a cinematic uh, watch, as a, you know, as a, as a experience thing. However, I think that it it is wrong and should not have happened in Star Wars. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes, because it just doesn't make a lot of fucking sense. And like uh, they and Rise of Skywalker retcons it because they retcon everything from Last Jedi. But like, oh, God. But it doesn't make a lot of sense uh, when when you start getting into it. I guess I didn't so. really think too much into it. I don't know. Well, uh, it looked really cool. It looked to watch and it sounded I, the sound of it was cool as all fuck. I love that scene, and I love that, and going more into Poe Dameron, I love that, like, he's the asshole in that part mm-hmm. of the story, because he's like, Holdo, you know, Leia's out of commission, and Holdo's taken over, and, like, he's all like, oh, Holdo's horrible, we're gonna do this stuff behind her back, we're gonna have a mutiny. Yeah. And then, like, he's the asshole. Yeah, yeah. I like that, that, too. I agree. I love that, because he learns something. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the thing that I love most about Last Jedi, I think... Uh, that's the last thing I'll say about this, is that it's this... I love Ryan Johnson's, like, kind of dissection of the Force. And is there a light side? Is there a dark side? Or maybe there's a gray area to it. And it's this exploration of that that's really, really interesting to watch. And, and it's interesting and it's, to see Mark Hamill go through this as well. I agree. I would have like, loved to see that explored more. I also love the kid with the broom at the end. It says, like, anyone could have the Force, even yes! a slave boy. And, like, that's was left out that was retcon too and like fuck that <laughs> no and i love that she was like when they said in the movie it's like your your parents were drunks they traded you for drinking yeah, money i loved that that was great uh, and i actually thought that was perfect for ray's character because yes. because she's desperate to be someone in the universe and for her to find out she's no one is the old it, that's her darth vader i'm your father yes. moment because yes. luke is is desperate you know and that's so it's like the worst news she could hear is you're no one, as opposed to, you know, your Palpatine's daughter, she's probably thinking dope, thank God. Yeah, God. So, like... Fuck that. I know. Uh, All right, let's just get down to it. You're number two. Yeah. Number two, A New Hope. Star Wars, the original. Same. Same. I figured they're like the top two were going to be like kind of... And Empire. I mean, it's the original. You can't go wrong with it, yeah. Yeah. And then Empire, man, number one. What can we say that hasn't been said? I mean... God, best sequel ever made. Yeah, best. It's uh, it's in my. It's in some of the best movies ever made. It's just good, fucking, writing, pacing, storytelling. It's fun. It's, it takes everything. It takes everything you love about the first one. It does what a sequel's supposed to do. It takes everything yeah. you love about the first one and just adds to it and adds more of it. When I'm like mega depressed or you know just need something 
I put on Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back is my... But I don't watch it that much. It's like I, I have yeah, to keep... Yeah. It's sort of like special. I don't want to watch it too much. I've seen it a thousand times. But but it's like... Uh, it's, it's a special kind of medicine for me. So we've got another segment coming up now uh, that we started a couple of episodes ago. It's a lot of fun. It's called Do You Want to Play a Game? Jordan. Yes? Do you want to play a game? Well, Tommy. I want to play a game. Shall we play a game? So what do you got for me today, Tommy? All right, Jordan. I, I've got my favorite childhood movie of mine, uh, The NeverEnding Story. Ah, which I have never seen. Uh, okay, and so I've got some plot points here from the Neverending Story, or uh, they're made-up plot points um, that are not from the Neverending Story. So I'll need you to tell me if uh, they are true or not. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Neverending Story plot point uh, number one: the fantasy world of Fantasia is being destroyed by a vague, malevolent force called the Nothing. I think that's true. That is, that is true. That is true. I almost, uh, so in the sequels, there's, uh, there's one called The Emptiness, and then the third one is The Nasty. Oh my god. That sounds horrible. (laughs) Uh, yeah. No, they're not. They're, they're very dumb sequels. Um, at one point in the movie, a horse named Artax drowns in a swamp of mud, agonizingly slowly as his owner pleads for him to try to swim out. I have seen this clip, and I do know that that one is true. It's That's always on lists of like saddest movie scenes ever, like most traumatic movie scenes of all time. I, yeah, that's so on every list. Some fun facts about it: uh, they trained this horse to, like, a really well-trained horse, to be calm as they lowered it, like, on a hydraulic thing into this muddy pit. Oh. But they never gotten as low as they did for the final take, um, and so like this horse is getting lowered, like you know, up to its face right. and like has this look of fear on it, but it's like really well trained and it's like a legit look oh. of horse fear. And so it's funny. God, you couldn't do that today. I don't think like I you couldn't film it like that. So. I don't think so. Um, anyway, uh, a talking wolf named Gamork attacks Atreyu, but Atreyu is saved by a flying luck dragon named Falcor. I know about Falcor. Uh, I'm going to go true. That is true. Oh, man. A giant turtle named Morla the Ancient One sneezes on Atreyu, sending him flying several feet backwards. What? Okay, I'm gonna go... I'm going false. No, that's true. That's true? Okay. And it talks like this. Oh, no. Um, Okay, number five. Um... A bird-like creature named Nimbly guides Atreyu on his quest, only to later to be revealed to be a spy luring Atreyu into a trap. Ooh, I'm going true. That is false. However, it is true of Neverending Story 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's okay. how it sounds. Okay, in order to save Fantasia, Bastion must choose a name for the childlike empress and yells, Moonchild! Which, in combination with his imagination, saves all of Fantasia. I think I'm going to go with true. It is true, in fact. Okay. Okay. Uh, And finally, contrary to the title, the film does indeed have an ending. (laughs) The movie just, like, there's never, it just stops. I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'm going to go true on that. 
No. It's a never-ending story, as described. There is no ending to the film. It just keeps going. I would not advise starting it. Oh, no. Are you still watching? Wait, is that it in the background right now? Yeah, it's still going, yep. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, should we uh, we do our top ten Harry Potters now? God, yeah. Um, Uh, There are ten Harry Potter movies total, aren't there? There are ten total. Um, okay. You go first this time. What is? I, uh, we'll I feel like th- we got the same number ten, but we've definitely got the same number ten. Crimes of Grindelwald. Dear Lord, fuck what? this movie. What a disaster! God damn it! Talk, you want to talk about retconning a series? Like, I mean, this movie's great at it. I mean, and I, I actually, I put Fantastic Beasts number one pretty high. I won't tell you how high yet, but like, okay. But this is another one that retcons it and fucking ruins it. Like, um, it's also, and it's just like a two and a half hour long trailer for another movie and like yes. flops all over the place, has, like makes no fucking sense. What kind of crack is J.K. Rowling on? She, she, I mean, at this point, I think she was just like, I'm J.K. Rowling. I'm, I didn't give a fuck about nothing. The best, I mean, one of the best characters from, uh, Fantastic Beasts, Queenie, uh, yeah is shat upon this uh, this movie and decides to join the bad guys because what she can read fucking minds and she it's what it's dumb it's dumb um i was so hopeful when they cast zoe kravitz as a lestrange oh, and God. then they kill her off before the movie's over and the I whole had... dumbledore nonsense backstory crap I, I mean, I think that in the end is what this movie's series, like this Fantastic Beast series is going to be about is, you know, but like, Grindelwald well, and Dumbledore. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, but, but, but like the whole Dumbledore family, like there's never been a hint of a clue of a fraction of any of that for setup. And so like you can't just bring it out. There's no hints. Oh, are you talking mystery. about that twist at the end with yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. what's his douche? Um, Him being a Dumbledore. That's so dumb. It's so terrible. It's so dumb. We could rant about Crimes of Grindelwald forever. God. We shouldn't even give it the time of day. Also, I also I hate Ezra Miller. All right, I'm done. Okay. Good. What is your number nine? My number nine is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Same. Um, awesome. Um, this movie, the first, the the remarkable thing about the first Harry Potter two Harry Potter movies is like they're very faithful. The books, you know, those first two books are a little they're shorter, yeah. easier to adapt. Um, they're very faithful. To a fault. Yeah, and somehow it's just not exciting. This movie is on the wrong side of two. This movie is like a two hour and 40 minute movie. They try to fit so much into here that they don't need. And there's some great stuff about it. I love the basilisk in this. Um, Tom Riddle. I love Fox. I love that they use the animatronic for Fox. It looked adorable. Otherwise, I mean, just like, yeah, it's my least favorite Harry Potter movie of the main series. Um, That was your number nine as well, you said? Yep. What's your number eight? My number eight, uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Okay, it's my number seven. You're not going to like my number eight at all. Hey, okay, well, can we go through Half-Blood Yeah, let's chat Half-Blood Prince. It's my favorite book. It's a great book. It's It's my favorite of of the books. It's my favorite. This movie has some great, uh, the the good stuff in this, like, Dumbledore's death is handled well, and I love... uh, Tom Felton's uh, Malfoy in this. I think it's some of the best work he's done in the series is in this movie. I agree. The, it's a good book, which means it's not going to be a great movie. It was it's, a horrible It's adaptation. a lot more introspective. It's a lot of thinking about what Voldemort was feeling and like the, a lot of these backstory flashbacks, Pensieve stuff. Yeah. And like a lot of the romantic stuff too just doesn't, oh. doesn't work at 
all. Harry and Jenny are so awkward. There's no chemistry there. It's so <laughs> awkward. I hate it. And before we move on, I, I gotta tell you about my... So, my pe- you know, my whole family back in California is quarantining mm-hmm. um, together. You know, my parents and my two younger brothers... Okay. Um, so what my, my younger brother, my youngest brother Jake did with my dad was they watched the entirety of the Harry Potter series. So my dad mm-hmm. had never seen it before. Uh-huh. Um, and he enjoyed, uh, he did enjoy all the movies, um, except for Half-Blood Prince. And I think that his description, his reaction watching to watching the movie, I think sums up the movie entirely. Um, so his reaction to this, I'm par- might be par- paraphrasing slightly, but it was something along the lines of, Ugh, it was so it was so boring. Nothing was happening. I was nodding off. I was on my phone. And then Dumbledore died. <laughs> yeah. It's like a teen drama. And then it's like a teen, like, ooh, like, yeah. Uh, have you seen people re-edited uh, the footage of Half-Blood Prince into, like, a make it look like a teen movie? Oh, my God. Because there's, no, like, a but... bunch of, like, cheesy lines and make-out <laughs> stuff. And, um, Love okay. it. My what is your uh, number eight? Is uh, Sorcerer's Stone. That's okay. Okay, so that's my. This is good because that's my number seven. Actually. Okay, so we just had seven and eight switched. We yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. I thought I thought you might be a little more Sorcerer's Stone uh, uh, fan. It's good. It's very, again, like we said, very uh, faithful to the book to a fault. It's a ki- it's a kids movie, I think, which is the you know it's the right beginning for this. That's how the book was yeah. too. Um, yeah. And I know it's the introduction to the Wizarding World, so I mean, yeah. there's going to be a lot of exposition, but... It felt a little slow. It's a little bit, yeah. It's, it's um, a long one. Alright, what's your number six? My number six is the first Fantastic Beasts movie. Okay, so um, that's my number five. Okay, wow. Um, so we'll, we'll discuss it. Yeah, I think uh, I really liked it uh, before Crimes of Grindelwald came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, um, Queenie and, what's the muggle's name? Oh, uh, Jake... Jacob, no, uh, yeah, Jacob. Kowalski, Jacob Kowalski. Yeah, the, I love their little relationship. I love... Uh, Newt is such an interesting protagonist. I love Eddie Redman in that. Oh, yeah. my God, and he's unassuming, so and he's quiet, and people thought he might be autistic, and, like, it's so interesting for a leading male character to be this way, that, like, yeah. Newt, that and, like, he's kind, and he uses his kindness and his empathy to succeed and win, you know win and so uh really i love the character of newt scamander um yeah and it's such a like and i love the you know there's an overarching you know plot to the story involving as it turns out grindelwald and all this shit i think this movie is at its best when it throws all of that to the side and focuses on him trying to catch his animals it's such a delightful fun Funny, sweet movie like that. Um, yeah, I wish they would have done Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. That's that movie. It's nothing to do with Grindelwald. It's his own yeah. fun little story. Now we'll do, uh, you know, uh, Hogwarts a history. Or and you can quality have, Quidditch. What's the Quidditch? Quidditch through the ages. Yeah, it's Quidditch through the ages. And like, just have these be standalone little silly movies. And you can have, I don't know. But the weird thing is like, why is, why is it called? Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Crimes of Grindelwald. It's, it's so, so dumb. It's but anyway, so dumb. I really like Fantastic Beasts. It's my number five. My nice. number, what, what, six, number six. Goblet of Fire. Okay. Yeah. That's my number five. So look at that. We're just we're just a little back. We're and just forth. a little intertwining right there. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's good. I, Goblet of Fire though does have my favorite. <laughs> it's not my favorite, but it's one of my favorite uh, songs, which is the Hogwarts March. 
which is what uh, they play when oh. he comes comes back from the port key uh, from the graveyard, and it's like oh that little like you can maybe edit it in. But yeah, yeah, this is a good one though. Also notable because it's got half the half the band Radiohead. In Does it? it? Yeah, uh, Johnny Greenwood is the the part of the weird. They got the weird sisters oh, that play the really? ball. It's um, half the band Pulp, and then yeah, Johnny Greenwood uh, is the guitar player, and their drum Radiohead's drummer is the huh. uh, the drummer. That's weird. I never knew that. that's weird sisters. Yeah, it's <laughs> such a yeah. Um, it's a good. This is a good one, though. I watched this one recently. This is a fun. That's a fun one. Of um, course, Bray finds his Voldemort, dude. Like, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, what's your? That was your number. What's your number five? Uh, my number five is Fantastic Beasts. Oh, that's right. Okay. And my number four is Deathly Hallows Part One. Interesting. Okay. How about you? My number four is Order of the Order Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix, yeah. Are we, uh, did you intertwine these again? Did we no, I did four? not. No, no. Oh, okay, okay. I'll tell you when Order of the Phoenix is coming, but okay. that's not it. Do we want to uh, start with Order of the Phoenix, or what do you want? Uh, we can start with Order of the Phoenix. Uh, or do you want to talk Deathly Hallows, because that's coming up for me as well. Yeah, let's do Deathly Hallows Part 1 first. Yeah. Uh, is it number three or two for it you? It is number three for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's good. Um, it's surprisingly... Uh, fun for being the first half of that book. <laughs> oh, the first, re- like, yeah. three quarters of that book, really. Uh, you know, I know it's Harry Potter and the Long-Ass Camping Trip, but I, uh, I really like it. I think the emotionality of the kids is there. The kids are all finally good actors. I yeah. Like. I think that's why I like this one so much, too. Is like, it, yes, it is incredibly long, and it's very... It's a slow... Uh, it's a slow movie. I mean that in a good way. Like, it's a slow... It's a movie that really takes its time and gets you immersed in this. And I always think of that montage of them hearing the voices on the radio and then they have to, like, walk. They're walking everywhere. Yeah. Like, uh, you can see the, like, everything is just eating at them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's this slow, like, it, it's, and I really like that. Um, agreed. It takes um, its time. And then, uh. uh Order of the, what, what's your, so Order of the Phoenix was my number four. It's my number one. Really? Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about it. Okay, I like this. Yeah, I like Order of the Phoenix a lot. It used to be my maybe my second favorite. Okay, yeah. Um, I think it's gone down uh, over time. I do but... not know why, but I'll tell you, it's the only one where I saw the movie before I read the book. Oh, okay. And I think that probably has a lot to do with it, just in how your brain works. Uh, but for some reason, and it's also it's probably my second favorite book now. It's a great one, yeah. Of the of the Potter books, um, but um, I just think it's ultimate teenage. Uh, it's the Empire Strikes Back of the series. It is. Uh, it is the getting your ass kicked and hating it for so long, kind of suffering through the shit. Uh, to me, you know, yeah, it's yeah. the it's the shitty middle part that you have to get through. But the it's like yeah, to me, it's the Empire Strikes Back of it of the series. Right. Yeah. I hear what you're... No, I get what you're saying with that for sure. It's like, like it's the painful, transition. yeah. I guess it's the movie that the second Fantastic Beasts and I think is we can all agree be. that... I think we can all agree that the Umbridge is the worst, most awful villain in the series. You know, Gabby and I will occasionally... Because I have the eight-film DVD collection yeah. uh, here. 
so we'll occasionally put on a Potter movie if we want to just kind of chill out and like. Yeah. But we never put on Order of the Phoenix because we <laughs> can't stand watching fucking Umbridge. Yeah. Um, and that's a credit to Imelda Staunton, who is agreed. Amazing. Really she's probably the sweetest woman alive. I can only imagine. But she's gotta be. <laughs> she's so good. Umbridge is so horrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to watch. Yeah, no, she's. I think it's. Uh, yeah, it's my favorite for a lot of reasons, but also Harry teaching everybody uh, in the room of requirement and shit, and then that dope ass moment when the room of requirement is like, "Hey, I got you, Harry," and puts down some mistletoe when he's hanging out with Cho alone. Oh, uh, it's a boss move from yeah, the room, room of requirement. requirement is total bro. <laughs> Um, uh, what was your number two? My three? number two, yeah, my number three was uh, Hall, Deathly Hallows Part One. We talked about. That. Okay, yep. My uh, number three, uh, my number three is Prisoner okay. of Azkaban. Okay, but which is my number two actually? Um, uh, yeah, I figured it'd be pretty high up there. Yeah, it is, and it's so good. Well, it's uh, just the best like standalone, I think. Yeah, it's 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 a different tone from the first three, which was what we need, or the first two. Yeah. Which is what we really needed here. It's Alfonso Cuaron doing it, who definitely puts his own stuff. If you've ever seen his movies, he did, like, Gravity, he did Children of Men. Uh, yeah. His... My only complaints about uh, is that they left out some of the best details from the book. Yeah. I think the Marauder's Map being made by Harry's dad and his friends, and his dad being friends with those guys, like, that yeah. isn't clearly explained. That's the one thing that never, that bother, really bothers me about that movie, is they never... Well, they never say... Lupin doesn't even fo- mention in passing, like, hi, I made this with your dad. We're like, yeah, well, it's funny in the movies, too, they just start calling uh, uh, Sirius Padfoot, and they never explain, like, Padfoot, Mooney, Sirius, you know, uh, in prongs, what is Mooney, it? Yeah, Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, Padfoot and prongs. prongs. Yeah, they never explain that those are who they are, and so, like... Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I think that's the one big thing I would have put in there. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's a small detail, but it's a big one and it's, yeah. it's meaningful. And yeah, I don't. Other, I mean, otherwise, I think it's. A well, Harry has so little connection to his family that it's like, come on. But anyway, yeah. uh, what was your number two? My number two uh, was Prisoner of Azkaban. What's so? I should ask, what is your number two? Deathly Hallows Part Two. Deathly Hallows Part Two. All right. How about you? What's your number? My number two. two my number two is Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay, your number one is... My number one is Deathly Hallows Part 2. Nice, yeah. So we're, uh, we're pretty we're pretty well, except for Order of the Phoenix, we're pretty well spliced. What was your number one again? Order of the Phoenix. That's right. Um, yeah. Deathly Hallows Part 2, though, man, it's a culmination of everything. It's a part two of ba- what's basically just one big story, but, like, it... There's an emotionality to it that I love. It's great. They, it's the least true to the book, I would say, of all. A little bit, yeah. I mean, one big change that comes... The first big change, I should say, that comes to mind is the elder, the idea of the Elder Wand. Like, but Also, couldn't we just... Could we, why did, you have to fix your own wand, and then you can snap it. God! <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot he didn't fix his wand. But he took Draco's wand, so is Draco's wand now his wand. Yeah, but he needs to fix his own classic wand like he does in the book. Yeah, that would have been... Yeah. I did like the idea of like snapping the wand as opposed to keep as opposed to keeping it out yeah, in the world. Yeah. I did like that um, more than the book. Yeah, you know, I, I do have complaints about like some of the magic is real inconsistent. Doesn't make sense. Like the whole flying around with Voldemort thing. But uh, <laughs> I love that one moment when Voldemort pimp slaps Harry. <laughs> but it's it's good, man. All right, Jordan. I need a movie to watch. Why don't you dare me to watch something? I think I will dare you to watch a movie in a segment called 
I dare you to watch this movie. I double dog dare you! I triple dog dare you! I double dare you! Go ahead. Go ahead! Let the games begin! Wow! So... The movie that I dare you to watch this week, Tommy, I dare you to watch the movie Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I've never seen a Beatles movie. So, for those who don't know this, this is, if anybody's ever seen the movie Across the Universe, it's a Beatles movie. It's a movie that I've uses seen Across the, the Beatles. Huh? <laughs> I've seen Across the Universe, of course. Okay. It's that same idea. It's like a story, but it uses the song Music of the Beatles in it. Um, And this one is just... It's horrible. It's (laughs) cheesy. And it stars... I mean, it stars Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees. That's all you need to know. It's going to be kind of a cheesy ride. Love Um, it. But I enjoy it. Uh, Okay. What about you? Do you dare? I've got a choice of two, and one of them is a movie I mentioned on this podcast uh, a few episodes ago, Coherence. Ah. Now, both of these movies, you can either watch if you want Coherence, or you can watch The Man from Earth. Both of them are in the same category of sci-fi movies with zero special effects. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Let's see, Coherence looks to be more of a horror movie. They're both, uh, yeah, they're both sort of sci-fi. I would say Coherence is a little more uh, thriller, stressful, like, mystery, uh, right. where The Man from Earth is a lot more like a stage play. I'm kind of curious to see that. I think I'm going to go The Man from Earth. Cool, yeah. It's it's lovely. I think it might be a stage play. If it isn't, it should be. It literally right. just takes place over a dinner party. Awesome. I am looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Sgt. Pepper's. Excellent. Uh, I think that about does it for today. Um, All right. I love you. I love you, Tommy. Uh, happy 10th episode. Happy 10th um, episode. I can't wait to get 10 more. When we get our, our to our 20th, we should do maybe... Uh, no. Actually, <laughs> top 20? Top 20? No. No. <laughs> Stop. No. That's... I couldn't. Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Two Guys Watch a Movie. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Guys, thank you for listening. I'm Jordan Ehrlich. I'm Tommy Quartz. We'll see you guys soon. Take care. <laughs> All right.